All right, what's up, good people of the digital space? Thanks for coming back for another episode of the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, your destination for both some feel-good life advice and some fantasy football advice as well. I'm Seth Woolcock, the founder of In Between Media, joined by my co-host, Thomas Kuda, Nate Pulvote. Gentlemen, I think it's officially to say uh, we are the three best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Agreed. How's everyone doing out there? It's uh, it's week six. We're get, kind of getting into that grinding part of the season. It's getting pretty cutthroat. Uh, the people who are a little less committed to playing this game are dropping out like flies. So how are we doing out there? Hanging in there, man. I mean... It's just crazy. Everything's crazy. This season is crazy. The Titans are really good. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been it's been good. Like both really high and really low. I, like I have one team that's like crushing it, and another that basically had seventy percent of my team on official and unofficial bye weeks last week. <laughs> so you know, it's it's going. We're, we're riding it out. We're seeing. We started JD McKissick as my RB two, so that's how we're at. <laughs> <laughs> we're going with the flow over here in between media as always uh if you want more of our content you can find myself on twitter at between underscore seth ff tom on twitter at thomas kuda nate at janate jack 2017 and you can also find the show everything we have going on the site uh in between media at ibt underscore media we have columns coming out tuesday through sunday right now sunday brunch uh, th- that's been a lot of fun, kind of giving some people some advice leading up to kickoff here. And uh, this podcast episode, a- every week we have podcast episodes coming out every Wednesday. So make sure you check those out uh, to find those. You can you can subscribe, you can leave us a review. Uh, we're available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Blueberry, and Deezer. Gentlemen, it, it, it's been a whirlwind and I think we have a lot to get to today. So uh We'll exchange pleasantries here in a little while, but I, I think we have some more pressing news that just broke literally three minutes ago. Yeah, we got Melvin Gordon getting a DUI last night in Denver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let, let's start there. That's a good place to start. Right now, uh, as it's reported uh, by Denver 7, I believe, Melvin Gordon was charged with a DUI last night going 25 to 39 over the speed limit. Uh, Nate, you're a Denver native there. What can you tell us about kind of the area where Melvin Gordon was ripping around last night? I'm doing my best and I know I'm all over the road. I can't help but go. Little bit of left, little bit of right. Well, if you really want to get a DUI in Denver, go ripping around in that part of town. <laughs> like right by the major hospital, tons of cops. Like I just, I don't get it. I don't get it with these guys. Melvin, my guy, you got eight milli this year. Okay, pay an Uber. Right. Money, my friend. (laughs) Now you're going to the club. I wonder if it's like I wonder if it's alcohol or I wonder if it's like if it's a marijuana DUI or a substance DUI. I think that's gonna kind of play into that because the NFL, as we've seen, they've been a little more lenient with these marijuana DUIs. Going back to Legarrette Blunt, Le'Veon Bell a couple years ago, riding around the streets of of the Berg. So. Uh, Tom, we know all about that one. So, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see kind of what plays out here. Uh, Definitely a boneheaded mistake, though. And it's going to cost fantasy owners at least a couple of games this season. Nate, how do you kind of see this shaking out? Like, what advice can you give to Melvin Gordon owners right now? 
find somebody else to play. I mean, I, the team's going to have to, anytime a player in Denver has gotten a DUI, whether or not the league does something about it, the team generally does something about it. Um, and they're going to have to, it, it, it sucks. It's Melvin Gordon, but you, you got to discipline them. I mean, you can't have guys going out and around and speeding around town and getting all messed up and you've got to, you've got to put your foot down. Especially right now, I feel like it's a tough time because, I mean, COVID, like he shouldn't be, if he was out at a bar or a club, like you said, Tom, I don't even think that should be a thing for him right now. So it's definitely concerning and it's definitely hurting for fantasy rosters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But yeah, I would definitely be moving on from Melvin Gordon because I kind of agree with Nate. Like, there's no way he's not going to be like a month worth of games gone, something close to that. At this point in the season, with all the other things going on, if Gordon's not going to be there, you've got to move on from him. Phil Blinsey might be out there on your waiver wire, so uh, if he is, grab him. Uh, I don't really want to advise anyone to get Royce Freeman. Maybe if you're in a super deep league, super RB desperate, maybe. But uh, I, I'm, I'm rocking with Lindsey if Gordon is is to miss time. This is all speculative as well. So, uh, all right, let's 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 jump into some other news here. Uh, we're going to break it down our style here. We're going to get into some weekly advice. Weekly, weekly. All right, gentlemen, so we've seen some awful gut-wrenching injuries this season, uh, just about what feels like every week. Uh, but no no more gruesome ones than the one we saw on Sunday with Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott suffering a compound fracture in his ankle. Uh, before we jump into the, the fantasy aspect of it, you know, we are a fantasy football podcast. How are we holding up uh, mentally in our mindsets right now, gentlemen, after all this, all, all these injuries and, you know, Dak's such a good guy going down. It, it was a tough one to see for me. Yeah, I'm I'm really worried about Dak, honestly, just like as a person. He's had a really rough year, and there's no way this makes it any better for him. So hopefully, you know, like I'm really hoping that he'll continue to get the help that he needs and that he'll be okay and in good spirits moving forward. Well, he's got a really good community behind him, and he's got a lot of people that have his back, and I think he knows that. And, I mean, that team <clears throat> will rally behind him, and they love him. Those guys run through a brick wall for him. So I think he's going to be okay. I, I, I'm more concerned about the physical recovery. And is, is he ever going to be whole again? I mean, that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough. It was definitely one. As soon as he kind of got up or tried to get up, you, you saw it was with these compound fractures, the bones can kind of stick out of the normal, what we see in a body part. And so it definitely looks super awkward. And, uh, you know, as fantasy players, th- th- this was a hard one to swallow for me, guys. I mean, I, I know uh, last week we kind of touched on, in-, in one of my columns, we touched on mental health a little bit. Um, do you have any advice for our listeners who, you know, week in, week out, it seems like we're going out there uh, trying to be in a good mindset and-, and one we have fantasy to kind of worry about and making the wrong start-sit decisions and COVID's now affecting everything and and with these injuries, like, like it's tough, man. Like that sucked. That kind of ruined my like my, my second half of the Sunday, honestly. Yeah, I get that. I think um, for, for me, one of the biggest things is just to try to remember this is like a community game, you know. So this is for for me, like, yeah, it's you know, it's great to win and everything, and I do always try to win. But 
I think more it's just a camaraderie and it, especially now, like being stuck in a house, this is like an excuse for me to like talk some smack and like get a chance to hang out with people. So the injuries have been devastating, but you know, they're always part of the game. And I think that really, I'm just trying to hold on to the community part for now. Yeah, I think it's a good community. The fantasy football community is a great community. And it's been a rough season, but I think we've all made the best of it. And we're all trying to have as much fun as we can. And it's all we can do. I mean, I've stopped focusing on wins and losses at this point. Like, I just can't because there's too many wild cards. I'm losing too many players. So, just I mean, just I think we're all just riding it and having as much fun <laughs> as we can. Yeah, I appreciate that, gentlemen. That definitely picks my, my spirits personally up a little bit because it is a wild ride. And, you know, as much as we want to say we're connected, we're plugged in, we're making the right start sit decisions, uh, you know, sometimes you wake up late on a Sunday morning, you have a Sunday brunch video still to do, you have to set your lineups, and you bench Miles Gaskin for Russell Gage, and it, it's just heartbreaking. That that was kind of like, like my, you know, first blunder of the Sunday, and it kind of just rolled from there. Dude, I had Chase Claypool on my bench in three leagues. <laughs> it cost me my home league. Yeah, it, it's tough to swallow. It's tough to swallow some of these losses. Uh, but, I mean, like you said, we're going to kind of be flying by the seat of our pants. I mean, whether we like it or not, it, even as fantasy analysts and uh, columnists, podcasters, we're just h- hanging in there like everyone else waiting for waiting for news to drop. So, uh, we'll, we'll come back to that later on, uh, you know, stay with us for, for more feel good ad- advice. Cause I mean, that's really what we are here in between media. Uh, we're trying to pick your spirits up, touch on some other things that go along with fantasy football, but, but maybe necessarily aren't always fantasy football. So I want to talk and, and break down this, uh, this Cowboys offense now, gentlemen, how are we kind of seeing, uh, this Cowboys offense the rest of the season for reference uh, Mari Cooper he's wide receiver eight uh, CD Lamb is a rookie is wide receiver 11 right now that's been awesome to see Michael Gallup still hanging around wide receiver 33 Zeke's RB3 and Dalton Schultz he's been a pleasant surprise at tight end 12 as well I mean I think if you can forget the fact that Mike McCarthy is the head coach there I think there's a lot of upside to this team I mean I think that they could start winning some games even with Andy Dalton I mean he's not a slouch he was a good quarterback in Cincinnati. He just didn't have tools to win there. I feel like he had some tools, but maybe they just weren't like, they're definitely not at the level they are now. Well, I mean, he never, he's never had a running back like Zeke. Yeah. That's for sure. And having those, that, th- that core three wide receivers and CD lamb. I mean, he's just busting out. I still think Gallup has a shot to be much better than he's been. And Amari Cooper's Amari Cooper. Tom, how do you see this shaking out? Um, I think Zeke will continue to stay good and stay fed because, I mean, I don't think Andy Dalton's terrible. He's just never been like – he's not like pull-up clutch, you know, bomb out 400 yards a game, win you games. But I think that he'll he'll make his rapport with somebody. We saw how many years he made A.J. Green like a consistent wide receiver one. So I'm pretty confident that like he will have a favorite target of – one of the three of these gentlemen, um, I lean probably Cooper, but I'm not 100% on that. But he'll pick his favorite. That person will be really good. And then Zeke, I don't know. I don't I don't think – the offense definitely takes a hit without Dak, for sure. Because Dak was just – I mean, I used to not be the biggest fan of him. 
but he's yeah. really warm. Like I've really warmed up to him over the years. Like I know you have two sets. You and I were, were like bag on Dak gang back in the day. I thought he was just mediocre. Yeah, yeah exactly. Probably coming into the 2019 season, I, I didn't like Dak really at, at all. I, I thought he was just an average quarterback. And over the last year, it's been so fun to watch him go from just a mediocre NFL quarterback to literally one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL. And I've never been a huge Cowboys fan. So it's, it's, it's been cool to see, and, and it stinks this is going to play out. But uh, where I think kind of how this shakes out as far as the receiver scape, I mean, Amari Cooper, we, like you said, Nate, he is who he is. Uh, he was wide receiver one coming into this last week, dropped a turd here in week five, and now he's back at wide receiver eight. So I, I would expect, you know, somewhere between a wide receiver, low end wide receiver one, uh, high end wide receiver two for the rest of the year with some a lot of boom bust games. I think CeeDee Lamb could be maybe a nice play, though, moving forward. I mean, I'm definitely bummed if I'm a CeeDee Lamb owner, and I am in multiple leagues, because, I mean, he has been a wide receiver one so far this season. So, so that that is disappointing. But, I mean, he did make he did make Tyler Boyd a thing. Like, like let's kind of keep that in mind. Tyler Boyd's a, a kind of like a lot of, of a similar player than CeeDee Lamb as well, I feel like. Well, and don't forget, too, Andy Dalton made Tyler Eifert a thing. So Schultz could explode with him, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the best advice we can give gentlemen right now is if you have these Cowboys players, unless someone's willing to go out, obviously Zeke's a different story. You're not selling Zeke. He's getting a bump. But if you have one of these pass-catching options, uh, unless someone's about to pay you a lot for, like, a CeeDee Lamb or an Amari Cooper, I I think you should maybe hold and just – kind of go along for the ride as, as shitty as that sounds. Yeah, I agree. I think that's all you can do. Yeah. At least give it a couple weeks to see which way the wind's going to start to blow. <laughs> I don't think you can get a good enough deal to trade anybody right now. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, so in some other news, gentlemen, uh, the jets, they have released Le'Veon Bell just 17 games into his four year, $52 million deal. Let's start with the Jets. What does this mean for the Jets moving forward? Is there anyone on this team uh, in the backfield you want right now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe Piran just to see, but honestly, as long as Gase is still there, no, I don't want anybody. <laughs> I'm just shooting straight with you. Yeah, I, I feel like that phone call, whatever, whoever was like on the phone being like, yeah, we should cut Bell. They should have just cut Gase at the same time. I mean, how many lives does Gase have? <laughs> we, we've seen other we've seen other coaches like definitely Bill O'Brien deserved to go for sure, and he, and you know Adam Gase is in that same G, he's the interim GM right now too. So he's Adam Gase is probably the one making these decisions as of May. He's been the one making these calls. So. I, I I mean I'm with you Nate. How many lives does this guy have? I mean he just he just got rid of Bell and I don't want anyone other than Jameson Crowder on the Jets. Jameson Crowder has been fantastic. Wide receiver 24 through only three healthy games, so that's incredible. He has wide receiver one upside, but other than that, I, I don't want anyone. And that maybe in some deep leagues, some dynasty leagues, I'm making sure that P Ryan's rostered in my in my leagues. But other than that. As Frank Gore, Gore is going to be there. He's going to get carries with Adam Gase, and, and it just sucks. It just sucks, man. Fuck Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't, I don't, I couldn't figure out how he got hired after the debacle in Miami. And you take Ryan Tannehill out of the Gase system and look at how good he's been. I know. Uh, all of these players. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker, Robbie Anderson's apparently a volume wide receiver now. So one of the you know top 12 wide receiver in the league all of a sudden. So it, it's it been disappointing with the Jets. I, I think we're all kind of at a consensus, though. We could say if P. Ryan's out there in some deep leagues, uh, definitely some dynasty leagues, Tom's looking at him for sure. Uh, but other than that, I don't really want Frank Gore. And and now we can just speculate on, on where Le'Veon Bell lands. New England? Yeah, that's that's definitely where I think is most likely. Um, They'll offer him the tell him if he acts up once he's gone and he'll shut his mouth and listen because he can win another Super Bowl if he plays for them. <laughs> man, man. That... Please do. They always get the old talent that's like having attitude problems with certain teams and there. Belichick's got that magic touch to rein them in. Randy Moss, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon. The list just goes on and on. It, it, Corey Dillon. Yeah, yeah. It's it, It's been definitely that type of ride for the Patriots. Cam Newton, I mean – that's their whole. Yeah, could you imagine him and Cam Newton together? Like how many passes he can catch out of the backfield? Like that's going to be like every time they're in the red zone, one of the two of them is going to score. It's just a matter of who gets the ball. This will just like this. If that is the case, and again, this is all speculative. We don't even know if he will sign. He probably will because he's super talented and he still looks ripped. So I would imagine he would, but that would be awful my D- Damian Harris shares Tom I would I would just like after the Melvin Gordon news and that news I would just go roll up in a ball and just hide away for the rest of the week I couldn't take anymore but uh, for me I it's, blame you. <laughs> for me it's Arizona I mean his former running back coach from Pittsburgh is there and Tom as Pittsburgh fans how many times have we seen again and again and, and this was especially true when Bruce Arians was the head coach down there in Arizona but Arizona always seems to get former Pittsburgh players and former Pittsburgh coaches so from Ken Wisenhunt to Joey Porter like like they've always kind of been William Gay they've always kind of got our guys Willie Parker for a second like I think Le'Veon Bell could land in Arizona which would just be devastating for any Kenyon Drake shares any Chase Edmond shares anybody has yeah definitely and I could definitely see that happening to just for the sake of like Drake hasn't produced as well. Edmonds isn't like a superstar yet. I, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing because they've clearly made the decision to pay other skill positions and just ride out Kyler Murray's rookie contract, see if they can't win a Super Bowl. And I feel like that's pretty consistent with that move. Well, and could you imagine Le'Veon Bell in that Kingsbury offense? <sighs> His fantasy relevancy goes through the roof if he ends up in Arizona. Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely goes up because it can't be hurt from now, but it's it's still tough, man. You look at it like with this news, the Le'Veon Bell news, and we've already seen James Conner be hurt and Melvin Gordon. We talked a lot before the season, guys, about kind of that that middle RB range there and how we were trying to avoid it a lot of the times. And whether we wanted to or not, Tom, I know you ended up with Le'Veon Bell in a league and I ended up with Melvin Gordon in a league like I, we've all had we all have one of those guys. So at this point, we're kind of just along for the ride. It's as shitty as that sounds. Uh, unless you can, I mean, maybe I'd go out and like send just like a, a a super feeler trade for Lev Bell or something in case he does land in Denver. One of these, yeah, m- maybe one of these places you have another back and you want to tie up the backfield. Yeah. Now let me throw you this one. Promoted Nate here. With this Melvin Gordon news, what are the chances you think Denver takes a stab at him? 
Just like th- just cuts Gordon, gets rid of him, he's gone. Bro. I don't think they I mean, I don't love John Elway, but <laughs> I'd be hard pressed to see them take a run at Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that's just kind of a headache you don't need on a young team. I could see that. I would just wondered if you had any thought about that, especially with this news breaking this morning. I, I, I seriously I would just basically I want I don't want to say no because please no. <laughs> As <laughs> a Pittsburgh fan, sometimes he's not worth the headache. <laughs> well, as a football fan, I'm I'm a mild Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I just uh, he's such a headache, and I feel like we already have enough problems here. We don't need to add to it. <laughs> they, they are they are I, down some pass catchers though. I mean, Cortland Sutton's down for the year, so no fans uh, banged up a little bit. All of a sudden, Tim Patrick's like like the guy out there. So I mean, maybe. Maybe they do throw him out in the slot a little bit. I don't know. I mean, if they do it, they do it, and I'll smile and <laughs> pretend like I love it. That's all we can do right now, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna keep doing that. We're gonna get into some temperature check here and kind of check the gauge on some players heading into week six here. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy s***. Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about New Orleans. Um, Drew Brees, he's looked pretty lackluster. He's lacking the deep ball for the most part. I mean, here and there, he's, but he's just not looking super accurate. He comes up clutch late in games. But from a fantasy perspective, I mean, I'm pretty concerned about Brees, and I'm concerned about what that means for the rest of the guys you've got. Jared Cook. Michael Thomas, like what's going on with that whole situation? How weird is all of that and how that's affecting Breeze? I mean, is Thomas someone that you believe is going to be productive the rest of the season with all this mess going on? I think when he gets back, I I don't think he's going to be Michael Thomas. I don't think anywhere close, especially we know Michael Thomas. He was also, he was ruled out of Monday night's game, not because of his hamstring issue, but because of disciplinary reasons, punching a teammate. So that's not great to see. Uh, Nate, I think overall, if I'm in a super flex league, though, I'm putting out some feelers for Drew Brees today, to be honest. I, I think I think with Michael Thomas, he's going to get better. He hasn't looked great so far. and But despite that, we, we've seen flashes, inconsistent flashes from Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, and Jared Cook. We don't know who it's going to be each week, but we have seen flashes occasionally. Yeah, and I, I'm not ready to sell it yet um i did read something yesterday that was saying that part of michael thomas's suspension was that he got in a shouting match with sean payton okay that that concerns me yeah that's the kind of stuff those are the kind of reports you hear right before somebody gets traded at the deadline you know Uh, you know that's the kind of concerning talk is when you're getting pulled out of games because you're punching teammates and screaming at your coach and stuff like that so I don't know. It's really weird because I thought Michael Thomas was like super happy where he was, you know, catching balls from Drew Brees and everything, but something must have changed. I mean, obviously we, we saw some rifts kind of maybe form in the offseason with some of those Drew Brees comments, but Michael Thomas, for the most part, defended Drew Brees in that. Um, 
So, I mean, again, that's super skeptical. I, I don't want to buy into that at all. But I, I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of things that could be going into this New Orleans situation. Uh, as far as a standard QB league, though, a 12-team, one QB league, I'm about a four on Drew Brees. Like, I, I think you'll get better, but I still probably don't want him as my QB one. I think there are better options out there. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. Like three, four, somewhere around there with him. Like not total fire sale, trying to get rid of him yet, but cautious. Same. I'm probably about a four on him just because it's been so, you know, touch and go this year so far. Yeah, I I did want to give a, a quick a quick hit of advice out to listeners, though. I saw Jared Cook out there in a couple leagues this morning. Uh, some people dropped him last week when it looked like he wasn't going to play and the whole COVID situation happened. People were scrambling. So I'm trying to I'm trying to use a waiver claim on Jared Cook in some leagues it, if he's out there and he's still he's still a good back end tight end one I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you're in like a super flex tight end premium situation like if anybody wants to drop him, get him. <laughs> Absolutely. And Tom, uh, how about you talk to us about uh someone who's kind of been a drop candidate these last couple of weeks? Oh, my guy, my homie, my favorite running back of this whole draft class, Mr. J.K. Dobbins. Um, his usage has been incredibly frustrating. <laughs> and, but he's done well every time they give him the ball. Like, he can run, he catch, he'll go. Like, he's got his game improving, and he's doing well. But they just don't let him play. <laughs> he just doesn't get touches. He doesn't get shots that – scoring and you know running the ball much and i don't know if i can't figure out why they're not working him in especially because ingram's not looking so hot these days like he he looks like he's out of gas maybe there's something that coaches are seeing that i just don't see i don't know maybe he's like doesn't have a great attitude in practice i can't tell because everything seemed like he'd been doing really well it just could so confusing like right now i'm probably at like a five on him just because i don't know you can't play him, but I don't want to drop him. <laughs> if, if someone's out there, Tom, like making, maybe they have Mark Ingram, maybe they have Lamar Jackson. If they're out there making uh, okay offers to you, are are you listening? Like to get rid of him, you mean? Yeah, non-dynasty. I'm talking straight up redraft. In redraft, my value on him is much, much lower. Like, honestly, I didn't, I would feel bad trading him to somebody. <laughs> honestly, like... <laughs> He's kind of a cut candidate right now just because he has no – there's no reason for you to think he's going to, barring someone else's injury, like get a bunch of work. So if it's not Dynasty, honestly, I'm just like, if I can throw him in a package deal, cool. <laughs> I don't think anyone will take him, but I I would definitely hear offers if somebody wants him. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, in redraft, there's just really no point in having him. They're not using him. Even when he looks like you, Tom, you were saying earlier – he looked phenomenal on that one carry this last Sunday. I know, right? Yeah. And then they're like, the coach is looking at that and he's like, no, he's good. He doesn't need more. Just one. That's it. <laughs> that's all you need. Thanks for the 34 yards. See you next Sunday. <laughs> I will say this, though. I will say if you're in a position in your league, if you're sitting at four and one, five and oh, and it looks like you're a lock for the playoffs. He's an interesting guy to have on your bench, I think. Tom, we, we've seen we've seen the use uh, the usage sucks, but the production is there. He's RB thirty eight still in his limited touches. So, and Mark Ingram hasn't looked like the guy this season. And and honestly, this whole Baltimore offense outside of a couple splash plays for 
Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. It's looked really lackluster. If you have Lamar Jackson in your leagues right now, like I do, and I think three leagues, I'm super concerned. Yeah, it's been weird. Like, I figured their team would come out, like, all cylinders firing like it was last year and just dominate. But they've been, like, having some weird missteps and some not, like, consistent play. You know what I mean? Like, it's basically just Lamar will throw low yardage, a few touchdowns to Mark Andrews, and they'll run a couple in. But, like, they're scraping together wins, but they're not, like, the standout performances from last year. And that is concerning. I do feel like... Part of me just is frustrated because I have this opinion, obviously, because I'll have Dobbins, that if they would just switch more of the run game to him, like maybe they'd get some of that consistent game because their whole game plan was make sure they have to do everything they can to stop us from running and then throw when they miss blocks and stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the, the final th- thought here maybe, and t- Tom, I'm probably, I'm probably like a – in redraft, I'm probably a, a three or a four on Dobbins, I would say myself, just because I, I do like him for the end of the year if they do start giving him work. He's still fresh. He's still super fresh. So I'm, I'm interested in that. But, I mean, John Harbaugh is a good coach. And I think it, I think by the end, you know, by the sec- back half of the, of the year, we're going to see – something change in Baltimore and and I think that starts with Lamar Jackson and him stepping up running the ball more than the three yards he had on Sunday so hopefully J.K. Dobbins is a part of that but you heard it here from Tom the J.K. Dobbins truth or if if you have him in redraft and and you can ship him and you you need to win now now might be the time definitely definitely if you have him in dynasty though don't hold him forever he's gonna be great Tom's holding him like gold in Dynasty. Uh, so uh, another player I'm holding like gold now in redraft is Miles Gaskins, gentlemen. Tom, I think uh, after week one here, we came on here and we said, who are your in-the-scope candidates that you are sitting here and you really, uh, you're kind of going all in on? Mine was Miles Gaskin. It was tough in the first couple weeks to kind of sort through this backfield. Jordan Howard was getting the, all the goal line snaps. And we also saw... Matt Breida involved as well. Well, three week six now. Miles Gaskin, RB16 on the season. He's had 63% of the snaps or more in every game. Jordan Howard was inactive to a coach's decision on Sunday. Uh, Miles Gaskin got the goal line work, had over 20 fantasy points. Gentlemen, how high are we on Miles Gaskin right now? I love him. I think, I think he's a beneficiary of a Miami offense that's just going to get better and better. Fitzpatrick is playing well. They can pepper in that run game, and he's proved he's a guy that can handle the volume. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely warming up to him. You know, at first I was skeptical because it's Miami and it's a run game. Very skeptical, <laughs> but he seems like he can he can handle his workload, and I'm really impressed with his work in the pass game too. Like that gives him a pretty solid floor, especially in PPR leagues. You know, if he's catching three, four, five passes a game, and then getting 16 touches on the ground uh, there's you know he's a pretty solid rb2 right now for sure um maybe even working his way to an rb1 depending on how good the team gets as the year goes on so if you were if you got him way back when we were first talking about him good on you (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's been a fun ride and i will say this uh i'm definitely in on him after after this week i don't know how you can't be 
I'm in a seven, maybe even an eight. I I think he has a chance to be this year's Philip Lindsay, kind of the guy that the RB that was just kind of chilling out there. And James Robinson, obviously, probably the best RB pickup of the season. But Miles Gaskin isn't that far behind him right now. Uh, but but I like him a lot, and I think the one big takeaway from Miles Gaskin and this entire Miami team is they're here to play, man. Like they are here to play. They kicked the 49ers' ass this weekend. Like it was. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And like, I think Brian Flores is a, is a hell of a coach. And I think, I think like we're looking around, starting to look around fantasy football and these Dolphins players are starting to have real value, whether it's Gaskin, whether it's Devontae Parker, who's been stellar. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been nothing short of amazing. So I don't know. I like the Dolphins. I do too. And listen, I'm just going to throw this out there. When Tua takes over someday, be ready. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be lit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's going to, I mean, whew, that team's going to be very good with Tua. If he is what we all think, thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the, the one thing people forgot a lot this offseason is that the Miami defense is better than people think now, too. They added some real corners in Byron Jones, and they have Xavier Howard. I mean, could you imagine if, like, Minka Fitzpatrick was in that secondary still? Ooh. Oh, oh my. Yeah, that'd be brutal. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm honestly staying away from, I, I'm not super staying away from, but I, I'm having Miami on my radar if I have some outside receivers playing against them. I, I, they're downgraded in my weekly rankings a little bit, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, gentlemen, well, let's uh, round out the show, bring back a, a little bit of summer in this, this fall, this dreary fall we're having right now. So uh, let's get into some sure things, sleepers of the week. It's the sure thing, sleepers of the week. So my sure thing, sleeper of the week for week six, Justin Jefferson. Uh, he, he's been pretty solid this season so far. He had a monster game in week four, but he's wide receiver 26 right now. Uh, it's been exciting to watch him so far. He's kind of starting to come into his own in this offense, especially with Dalvin Cook looking like he's going to be out for a couple weeks. I think they're going to need to lean on Cousins, on Jefferson, and on Adam Thielen in this entire passing game. And he's wide receiver 26 right now. And I'm not taking a victory lap at all because last time I did that, Dallas Goddard got hurt. But I remember over the offseason in a podcast, I definitely had Jefferson projected as a top 25 wide receiver this offseason. It was it was a pretty high take in the industry, and he's wide receiver 26 right now. A lot can happen till the end of the year, but I specifically like him as my sure thing sleeper of the week here in week six. Fire him up. Yeah, man. I, I remember he was definitely your spiciest take coming into this year. And I remember when we were talking about like, in our dynasty league, uh, you were talking about <laughs> drafting him, and I remember thinking like maybe that's too high because you're going to take him in like the first round or something. But and that's looking pretty good now. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, he's like a young Stefan Diggs for Cousins, and I mean, uh, his ceiling is in dynasty. Oh, give him to me give him to me and even a redraft this year. I mean, he's, he's going to make an impact. He's a guy that's going to help you get to the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Him and Kirk Cousins have, have become fast friends. 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely think he'll need him. Uh, I, I think they'll get him involved a little more in the screen game this week as well because of that lack of, of a serious run game coming from Dalvin Cook. And uh, speaking of the whole Dalvin Cook situation, Nate, uh, you got a sure thing sleeper of the week for us? I do. Uh, sticking with that Minnesota theme here. I love Alexander Madison, and I've been waiting for the moment when he got the chance to explode. We saw what he did once Cook was out this past Sunday. Uh, I mean, he just looked phenomenal, and Cook's looking to be out through, through they're saying, three to six weeks now. I, mean, I just think his upside is huge. If you've got him, I mean, I'd be starting him. He's only rostered, I think, 41% of leagues as of yesterday. I'm sure that's changed this morning. I haven't had a chance to look, but – if he's out there, man, you got to grab him. You got to play him. He, he looks so dynamic. I think that they can lean on him without with Cook gone. And even when Cook comes back, you have to consider him in the offense. And we'll see what happens the next like couple weeks with him playing. But I just see an explosion coming from him. Yeah, I definitely um, like any time that he's got a chance to step up and play well. He's he's played incredibly well. I mean, there's a reason that Zimmer keeps him around. And I think that, like, I totally agree with you. He's he's going to be running the football a lot, and he's going to do well with it, especially because, you know, like you said, the pass game is not the greatest thing in the world. So they're definitely going to let him run it as much as he possibly can, and you're going to be the beneficiary of many fantasy points. Well, I think it's interesting. If you look at his stats from Sunday against Seattle, 20 carries, 112 yards, that was into, what barely over a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Alexander Madison, he was super nice last week, and, and he's been productive so far this season. I believe he's something like uh, he, he's the RB36 already this season in limited work. So he definitely has the talent. My, my only concern at all is remember last year when everyone was kind of getting hyped up for Madison when Cook went down for a couple games, and it was kind of the Mike Boone show for a minute. So do we think we've kind of he surpassed him? surpass Boone enough and that his 20 for 112 last week are enough of a sample size to to risk him here Nate I think so and we saw Boone get some touches on Sunday too but the majority of the work was going to to Madison the one thing I would be concerned with is Madison maybe not getting as much goal line work but he looked powerful enough I mean if you're Mike Zimmer I think you gotta at least give it a shot this weekend yeah, definitely. I mean, even I'm just looking at quickest stats from last week. I know you mentioned the 20 for 112, but he only had a 50% snap share too. Like that's like 90 plus percent snap share and it's going to get disgusting quick. For <laughs> Yeah, but Boone, honestly, like if you like, he might be a, a nice like if you're playing like captain mode in DFS or something, DraftKings, uh, Boone could be a sneaky play or something to even pair with Madison to make sure you get those rushing touchdowns. Uh, I definitely, I definitely like that there. Uh, Tom, how about you round us out here with your sure thing sleeper of the week for week six? Uh, you got it. And listen, nobody blow me up. Okay. <laughs> but this week I'm going with David Montgomery and you're going to say, no, Tom, stop. <laughs> But hear me out. Listen, Chicago is 4-1. and one. Since they switched to Foles, the team has gotten much better. Uh, Foles is a clear upgrade to me anyway. I like the usage that they've given David Montgomery so far. He's been over 10 carries a game, and he's gotten between six and eight targets so far. I mean, I know Nick Foles has only been the full starter for two games, but that's encouraging usage. 
Um, we saw how Foles likes to throw those short dumps off to running backs, um, you know, through the whole time in Philly. And Carolina, honestly, is a defense that there shouldn't have a whole lot of trouble developing more of that team chemistry with Foles starting. And I think that David Montgomery will have all the opportunities he needs to succeed here and to have a good game for himself against Carolina. I definitely think David Montgomery proved a lot of people wrong last week. You know, he came into the NFL and people compared him to someone like a Lev Bell, someone who could catch passes out of the backfield and make the most of that opportunity. But so far in his career, we've really seen him almost similar to Jordan Howard, just not having a lot of involvement in the passing game and kind of just being there when needed. But he was called upon this last weekend and nobody runs the ball against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a fact. And he made the most out of his opportunities. He had a ton of receptions and was super viable for fantasy. So if he can keep up in the reception game there and he's going to get the goal line work, we know that with Tariq Cohen out. And I think he's going to be used more in this passing game with Cohen out as well. So I definitely like Montgomery. And and I'm playing him this week with full confidence. My, my only thing is I would like to add is I, I think the Carolina defense is a little better than expected this season. I've been certainly... F- thrown off in a couple matchups that I thought people would smash against them. Yeah, Carolina has been, I think, better than most people expected them to be, and I still don't think they're getting credit for some of the things their defense is doing. But that said, I mean, like Tom said, I think that that short Deacon dunk, the underneath passing game, is going to be what Chicago's going to need to do, and that benefits Montgomery. I'm not, like, this is, he's never somebody that I'm, like, you know, I'm not, like, excited to start. But this week, I'm much more excited than normal to like run him out there and see how well he plays. I'm excited because he's finally, we're seeing the potential for him to turn into what we thought he was going to be in Chicago. And with Foles now, I think Nagy's seeing it. And with Cohen out, no competition. I think these next couple weeks, we're going to find out exactly who David Montgomery is. Yes, definitely. He's a slick, he's a slick bitch, honestly. He's, he made a lot of, <laughs> he made a lot of people miss last Thursday. He night. does. That's, I know that's what I'm saying. Look, coming his watching his tape coming out of college and stuff. That's what I was so excited about him for because he's so slippery. And those dinkins are going to turn into like 12 yard plays more than a couple times this Sunday. I'm sure of it. If you if you can buy him low right now, I I think I mean he's not really necessarily a buy low, but if you can buy him at his current price, I'll do it all day. Yeah, I mean, the RBs are so thin right now, and he's somebody who had the, his counterpart get injured, so he's got, like, a more lockdown role than most people. Right. Right. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate your time today. Listeners, I appreciate your time as well. We hope we've been uh, we hope we've been useful to you, beneficial for your listen. Uh, you know, th- this is a game right now, especially with everything happening, and, you know, we can't predict COVID. We can't predict injuries we can't predict duis uh that's just that's just not who we are we're we're not we're not future tellers anything like that but we're gonna be here every week to give you the best life the best fantasy sports advice we can give you so make sure you check out all our other content at in between media and tom nate and i will be here every wednesday as well to get you through your week and get you over that hump day take care everyone and stay in between thanks gentlemen No sir, I ain't been drinking, I ain't even had one beer This sweet thing's got me buzzing from whispering in my ear Just take a peek up in here at this little hot mess Mister, you'll understand